Hello, I'm Bradley Callahan. And I'm Michelle Schrader. And this is Fork. Where we find out random knowledge. About the things we find most fascinating. And then... We talk about it. I gotcha this time. <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was very intense. <laughs> yes, it, it felt intense. <laughs> I'm glad that you could witness that because I'm also not entirely sure what my face looked like when I was doing that, and I'm sure that it wasn't pleasant. So thank you for letting me torture you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I wasn't aware that I was offering a service. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't necessarily the... Yeah. Welcome. You just kind of sat there and took it. And you know, well, it's called you know, it's called professionalism. <laughs> Welcome back, fellow forkers. Welcome back. <laughs> Have you missed us? Because we missed us. We oh. missed us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we we have fun fun things. Fun things, yeah. Bradley, what's your fun thing? It's my fun thing. That's right. It's well, my you fun would go thing first, first, right? right. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember if we paired who goes first on fun things, just like we do with topics. Well, because then it would go every other, right? Right. Oh, it makes sense. That, yeah. So I, unless I'm, I'm overthinking everything. No, I don't think you entire, are. I, I think you're I thinking everything exactly the way that it should be thought. Okay, because I do have a habit of overthinking things. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. My fun thing this week is so it's very it's a very specific fun thing. Uh, it's playing. Single player games while in a party with your friends who are playing the same single player game. So, to explain, essentially, there's a game that is you can't play with your friends, but each of you is playing the game and you are just basically like talking to each other over like chat, uh-huh. like voice chat while you're each playing the same game. And there's something very like special about that like unique situation because you get to like kind of play together. It's like it's like all being in the room while one person's playing but everyone's playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's kind of having their own unique experience and you get to kind of like be like so what what are you doing right now? Yeah. Well, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> And then people can be like, oh, like, how do you, how did you do this part? And you can be like, oh, well, I, I did this. If you like go around this way and do that. I don't know. It was just a unique experience. And it's something that I got to do recently. And I, I was reminded how much I enjoy just casually playing games separately with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, that is very specific. That sounds super fun, though. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it kind of sounds like you're all playing video games like, like theoretically, like each of you would be sitting with your backs together, <laughs> so you right. can't see what anyone's doing. On like separate TVs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the mental image that I have of that moment, even though like yeah. it's all over the internet and stuff, and right, you're not right. sitting that way with the power of technology. Right. But that's the effect. That exactly. It has. Yeah. I dig that. What's your fun thing? My fun thing is something that made me laugh, but. I don't know. Maybe it's not that fun of a thing. My dog, Goose, the destroyer, the destroyer of toys. (sighs) This dog does not like any toys that are like like the Kong rubbery toys. Mm -hmm. 
He likes toys that have some squish to them and particularly stuffed toys, right? So we've Mm -hmm. been on a mission to try and find toys that are stuffed that have a little bit of squish to them that often have a squeaker in them that won't freaking die within 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. That that search. I yeah. don't know. I I wasn't even sure when I was searching for that at a certain point that that actually existed. Yeah. Because if it's soft, then by definition, it's also easy to destroy. Seemingly. But, but yeah. I'm hoping that no. this is going... Oh, okay. <laughs> nope, this story does not have a happy ending. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just funny. So, so Kong... Yeah, the toy, the dog toy manufacturer that is kind of, at least in my opinion, with their branding, they've made themselves a toy manufacturer that makes like industrial strength toys, right? Maybe I'm just crazy, and I'm only familiar with like really like that one Kong ball that you put peanut butter in. But I mean, that is a pretty standard, right? Well known toy. But I guess they make other toys too. They do, yeah, yeah, and so. <laughs> We got a Kong, like, nylon, durable fabric toy yep. mm-hmm. that it, it, <laughs> essentially it's a little bunny that looks like Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a little terrifying. It's like neon green. <laughs> See, this is something for the Instagram. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I have a picture of Goose with the toy that I took today. <laughs> so we got this toy for him and we were like, all right, like this is a durable nylon fabric. The the part of it that is stuffed is fairly small. And so like Goose likes smaller things as opposed to bigger things because his, his mouth is small. And so he wants to be able to carry things that are small. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like... Like, I have a really industrial toy that's like a moose, but it's bigger. It's for it's just for bigger dogs, and Goose doesn't like it as much because it, he has a hard time picking it up. It's also a little heavier. So, this Kong toy, seemingly the answer to all of our sadness and, and woes. We were like, all right, this is made of a really durable fabric, you know. Um, it's got a little bit of stuff and squish to it, and it's really easy to throw because he loves to play, like, fetch, essentially. Yeah. Homeboy has the toy for 48 hours. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> right. Last night, you know, the toy was fully intact. This morning, my dad and I are talking about, yeah, I really think that this toy is going to last a long time because, you know, it's made of that durable fabric. It's, it's you know, it doesn't have a ton of fluff in on the inside, but it does have a little bit. Like, we're literally talking about this. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the living room, Goose is tearing the ear off this thing. I see. They always go for those, (laughs) like the limbs first. (laughs) And so, you know, we we finish this conversation. We're like, yeah, like this is this is the toy. This is the we've we've succeeded. This one will last a long time. I walk into the living room to find the murdered remains this earless toy and a bunch of fluff and thread and all over the living room floor. And I was like, wow, famous last words. Yeah, I really don't. I don't think that that toy exists. The the toy that's indestructible, but also plush. 
They dogs have like a, a way of finding like one loose stitch yep. that they can get their teeth into <laughs> and start to tear. <laughs> yes. And then they dig at that one place because yeah. they're like, I want to rip this open. But he's Goose the Destroyer. I just thought it was really funny, so that's why that's my fun thing. Because it was just like the comedic yeah. timing of it all. It's like Goose knew that we were talking about how great that toy was. And he was like, ha ha, challenge accepted. <laughs> like, <laughs> you little bitch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That so that's my right. fun thing. Nice. So we're still on the hunt for toys. If you have any suggestions, let us know. Yes, um, please. Let yeah. us know. Yeah. But with that... Bradley. Michelle. What? Well, oh, what's your topic? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, my topic this, this week is uh, a little something called Super Mario. <gasps> Yee! <laughs> 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 I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> You may be familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario? Who? What's that? <laughs> uh, with this particular Italian plumber. <laughs> uh, if you are un- unfamiliar with Super Mario, uh, Super Mario originated as a platforming video game series, typically centering around the titular character, Mario, and taking place usually in the Mushroom Kingdom with, you know, the toads, which are not related at all with frogs. Uh, they, no. They're mushroom people. <laughs> it, 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 for, you know, for those who are uninitiated, um, <laughs> the toads are mushroom people. Yes. Um, if you are having a hard time picturing that, just do a quick Google of Super, Super Mario, Mario Toad. toad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually curious now to know if there's like just pictures that would come up of toads with like a Super Mario hat on. <laughs> We're gonna find like actual out. like frogs. So Super Mario has been around for quite a while. It's been the around. The answer is no. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, it's been around, technically speaking, since like 1981. Damn. Um, well, at least the character of Mario has been around since 1981. Okay. Uh, but Mario did act- actually did not originate with the Super Mario games. Uh, Mario originated from Donkey Kong. Ah, oh, wait. So Donkey Kong it came is first. Mario? Yep. I always so, thought that it was a guy that looked like Mario but wasn't Mario. So it is canon that that is Mario. So the player, the player character of Mario. Donkey Kong is Mario. And then in the sequel to Donkey Kong, uh, released in 1982, Donkey Kong Jr., Mario actually ends up being a uh, the final boss <laughs> of the game, um, which I thought was funny and interesting. <clears throat> That's good. Uh, so there are over 20 games so far just in the Super Mario series, but there's, I think there's there's definitely more than that in general, for, like, just Mario as a brand. Like, in the Mario-verse. Right, in the Mario-verse uh, <laughs> of Mario games. Yes. And a Mario game has been released on every single iteration of Nintendo console to date. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It's pretty much Nintendo's, the, the face of Nintendo. 
Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, there are other, like, definitely classic series, like Legend of Zelda and... Or Banjo-Kazooie. Don- Donkey Kong and Banjo-Kazooie. Is that a Nintendo game? I played it on Nintendo 64. Oh. Clearly, it has, you know, the same weight as Super <laughs> Mario as a Nintendo <laughs> staple. <laughs> Okay, let's go with the golden eye for like the Nintendo sixty four pause music. I mean, <laughs> sh- yeah, okay. <laughs> Bop. Anyway, um. back to Mario, everyone. Typically, the gameplay involves running and jumping through two D landscapes, jumping on enemies to defeat them, or throwing fireballs and other objects, as is seen later in the series. There are also several other variations of the Mario games uh, that we kind of touched on. Like, there's Mario Kart, there's Mario Golf, there's Mario oh, yes. Party, there's Mario Tennis, there's Mario Baseball, there's Mario Strikers, which is Mario <laughs> Soccer, and there's also Mario and Sonic Olympic Games. Sonic would be another iconic Nintendo. It game. would, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was one I totally I don't forgot know why about. I d- <laughs> Don't tell anybody that I forgot about Sonic. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> um, Sonic the Hedgehog is my heart and soul. But <laughs> uh, so interesting. So did, so did Sonic and Mario go to Tokyo <laughs> for the Olympics? I don't know. I don't know where that that this. I actually don't know where Mario and Sonic Olympic Games like takes place. Oh. In, in, like, the canon, the official canon. I don't even know if it takes place in a real place. It's probably still the Mushroom Kingdom. It might be the Mushroom Kingdom, but then that's a little bit unfair for Sonic. Maybe It has to be a neutral location. Like, Does it? Like Hyrule, perhaps. I don't know. We're getting off tangent. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tangent. But, I don't know. Because the, the real world Olympic Games can happen in a place that is not neutral ground, i.e. Well, right. That's true. Maybe it's not. I have no idea where they take place. And this is something that I feel needs to be researched. But I will find out and probably never tell you. But the first 2D side-scrolling adventure of the Super Mario Bros. games was released in 1985 for the NES, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Ah, yes. Yes. (laughs) The NES. And it was titled simply Super Mario Bros. Bruh. However, <laughs> if we're talking about arcade entries, there was also an arcade game that was released before then in 1983 called just Mario Bros. And they weren't super? They weren't super because okay. Mario Bros. W- like was a very basic idea of the Mario game. Uh, there weren't really a lot of power-ups or anything like that. It was, you would just run, jump on things, and that was it. Uh, so Super Mario Bros. came out in 1985 and introduced a lot of the base mechanics that we now know and love today. You look like you have updates on these Sonic, <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Olympic Games. Yes, what? Where does it, okay, where does it take place? No way! <laughs> I'm not kidding. Of course it's It Tokyo. takes place in Tokyo. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I'm anyway, glad we got this cleared up. <laughs> I digress. Continue. So Super Mario Bros. Uh, yes. introduced many of the base mechanics we all know today. 
uh, such as the enemies like the Goombas, oh, fuck the, Goombas. the Koopa Troopas, <laughs> Bowser. Bowser? Yeah. I thought, like, here's the thing. I thought that, like, Bowser was, like, OG, man. He might have been, like, to a degree, but this was the first time that Bowser, like, was officially, like, that's Bowser. That's fair. You know? Okay. It also was the first time that uh, Princess Peach Aww. was introduced as the the one that needs saving. The heartthrob, the ingenue. And the big one, the power-ups, such Ew. as the super mushroom, oh. which would make you bigger and yes. grant you an additional hit point. The fire flower, which allowed you to shoot fire fireballs at your enemies. And the superstar, which allowed temporary invincibility. Now, fun fact... The reason, originally, that it was called Super Mario Brothers was because of the addition of the Super Mushroom. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called Super Mario Bros. <laughs> it's just because of the Super Because mushroom? of the Mushroom, yeah. Like, somehow I'm like, I'm pleased to know this, and I'm also disappointed. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's both like... Oh wow, that's really interesting and crazy. And also like, really? <laughs> like you're not just calling them super because they're awesome? Right. Or like No, it's not called awesome Mario Bros. Well. <laughs> I'm There's sad. Not, we don't we don't use super nearly often enough. <laughs> well, isn't that just super? <laughs> I don't know, they could have. No, I know what you mean. I mean, I, yeah. that's, that's what everyone thinks. Is that that's why it's called Super Mario Bros. Because I mean, in a way, it is because that's why it's called the Super Mushroom. It's because it's a. It d- it makes it you makes super. You super. Yeah. So in a in a way, it's still the same. Because in these games, it allows them to be super. Exactly. Hmm. They weren't super before. They were just regular brothers. They were just brothers. normal. Like they were just two brothers. And they were Two running. brother plumbers. <laughs> running in a two-dimensional world. In a two-dimensional world. <laughs> uh, so this original game. Well, Until they found a super mushroom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can't. Okay. <laughs> so in this game, it released in 1985, Super Mario Bros. The game consisted of eight worlds with four levels each, a total of 32 levels. And each world had a different theme, though the fourth level of each world was always a castle of some kind with a Bowser boss battle at the end. Gotta love a Bowser Uh, boss battle. Right, the triple B. (laughs) Usually, the Bowser boss battle was actually just a Bowser minion in disguise that you didn't find out until the end. You thought, (gasps) I got Bowser, I got Bowser now, I'm about to fuck him up. And then you fuck him up and it was like, nah, JK, bro princesses in another tower this was a (laughs) it was a ruse all along (laughs) (laughs) i okay if you're bowser right you're like i'm the biggest bad that ever big batted right right and you have minions why do you want one of your minions to be like stealing your fire like that i just to fuck with mario i think i think i think that's kind of bowser's big agenda is like one he wants to well, he wants to get it on with Peach. And two, he wants to fuck with Mario. So, <laughs> he wants to fuck with both of them? That's right. 
Maybe that's like a secret <laughs> underlying plot point is that actually really this whole time Bowser's actually just after Mario. Yeah. But and he's, he's using Peach. He's using as... Peach as like a yeah, as like okay. a, a means to an end. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> He just he just enjoys the this is like all just some weird like sexual game for Bowser <laughs> like <laughs> of just like dragging Mario along of yeah. like yes follow me I have yeah. Peach I mean and, hey who doesn't want to be and really chased? it's just it's just out of like vengeful spite because he doesn't have Mario's love yeah Mario oh Bowser loves Peach and really Bowser just really just wants some of that Mario loving. Oh Bowser! Poor Bowser. Poor Bowser. None of this is canon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the record, uh, I I say we make a fanfic movie. That, that's fanfic <laughs> movie. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So, kind of going along the timeline, we're gonna we're, because I'm trying to keep it consistent in terms of timeline. Yes. So, in 1990. They released the first Dr. Mario game, which uh, for the most part I was actually very unfamiliar with until I did my research here. Yeah, I don't think um, I've heard of the Dr. Marios. Yeah, so Dr. Mario was released as a puzzle game in 1990 that was very similar to Tetris, where there are falling capsules that must be aligned to eradicate viruses. Sounds like that would be useful in the year 2020. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster. <laughs> uh there have been four Dr. Mario entries and in 2013 they released a Dr. Luigi game for the Wii U. That was pretty much the same as the Dr. Mario games. Uh, but but for you, Wii. but you, yeah, but it was centered around Luigi, Luigi. instead. Hmm. In 1992. Well, oh, yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Uh, in 1992, 2013, sorry, 2013 was just like a big Luigi year. They released a lot of Luigi games. It was like a, <laughs> a fun thing. They're uh, like, and we'll get back to that. Mario's burnt out. Let's right. just. <laughs> Mario was sick that year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mario was off being a diva, like, yeah. you know, protesting his contract. Right. And so Luigi was like, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get paid. I'll do it. <laughs> Please, just let me do it. I'll do it. I'll make the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. In 1992, yes, the first Mario Kart was released, uh, which has been From easily Broome. one of the most successful Mario series entries it's to date. It's such a good series. Even though, as you know, I suck royally in Mario Kart. Love it, though. Right, it's a great party game. I mean, that's... It is. That's what's, that. That's typically what Mario games I feel like are end up being used for. Is like it's yeah. just a great party game. You know, it's a good, just fun, fun time with the, with with family. Yeah, it's good family friendly fun for the whole family. Ooh, like actually family friendly, right? <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> right. The Mario Kart series now has fourteen titles, including the most recent Mario Kart Eight Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch, which came out in twenty seventeen. Now moving forward again in nineteen ninety five. The first Super Mario World came out. Now, Super Mario World, Ooh. in my opinion, easily the best Super Mario Bros. game okay. um, in terms of at least the 2D platforming variety. 
it added the feather power up that gave you a cape allowing like oh yeah kind of like flight and it let you glide you could um, like just go farther yeah you could yeah. like jump and then you like kind of went up in a diagonal and then went back down in a yeah. diagonal um kind of like got to just fly over the levels kind of yeah that was my favorite because that's one i grew up with that's one i had on the game boy advance and i i played for hours and hours um kind of really like probably the first like real video game that i played fair and it also let you ride Yoshi for the first time, and you oh. could eat enemies and do all kinds of crazy, crazy fun shenanigans. Whoop whoop! Uh, it was released for the SNES. SNES. The Super <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, did the Nintendo Entertainment System get freaking mushrooms? What? what? Why? Because it's super. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just. They just gave it shrooms. And <laughs> like, you're super yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> super Mario went 3D in mm. 1996 with Super Mario 64. This was also, fun fact, the first Super Mario series game to feature the voice talents of Charles Martinet. That's the guy, right? Or Martinet. That, that's... Like that the, is the guy. guy. That is, if you are thinking of Mario's voice in your head right now, you are thinking of Charles, Charles Mar- Martinet. Martinet. I think it's Martinet. Martinet. Martinet's voice. Yeah. If you're thinking of Luigi's voice as well, or Wario's, or Waluigi's voice, it's all the same dude. <laughs> He's the whole dang family. That's right. Charles is Super Mario Bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a treasure. Truly. Truly. Uh, the original Super Mario Party was released in 1998, just a couple of years later, and has since had nine other numbered entries up to Super Mario 10 with two uh, sort of spinoff entries, uh, the most recent being simply Super Mario Party <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Nintendo Switch. In 2001, Luigi got his first time in the spotlight with Luigi's Mansion which I never got the chance to play. Um, I did play the most recent entry of Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh. But uh, Luigi's Mansion had two sequels, including uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, right? But then the, the sequel was actually like Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Ooh. I know. came out very Luigi shortly after. Luigi getting edgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was already about ghosts. I mean, yeah. Uh, I. It's like one of the weirdest spinoffs, I feel, of the yeah. Mario series is that Luigi just decided, I'm going to go into a haunted mansion and suck up some ghosts. I do love the Mario ghosts, though. They are good ghosts. <laughs> They're freaking funny. <laughs> Boo is a treasure yeah. as well. <laughs> Luigi also, as we spoke about earlier, Luigi saw the spotlight in 2013 when he had multiple entries of his own. He it had Dr. Luigi. He had, um, they came out with an expansion to New Super Mario Bros. U that was called New Louis, or New Super Luigi U. That's hard to say. New that, Super Luigi U. <laughs> the marketing team, go back, try again. Yeah. <laughs> That's. They, Yeah. There's a lot of Mario games sometimes where I'm just like, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> like they're, j- it, I mean, it, it it feels like they're just riding on the fact like this is Mario, so I don't have to. Right. Well, but that's the thing is like they're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, I we guess you got to know what you got. But. We don't have to try very hard. We pretty much just get to make the same game over and over again. And yeah, people and will buy like, it. Call it something, anything different. Right. Anything. And yeah. then there you go. Yeah, people are going to get it. Super Mario Galaxy released in 2007 and was awesome. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Galaxy was like the first like big 3D Mario game that I played. Um, it was set in space. Ooh. You got to travel, like introduced new physics mechanics where like you were on these little orb planets and you like the, there were like small little orbs and when you ran along them, you just like followed the ground, like the gravity, like, you know, like a little mini planet. Oh. Um, and all kinds of crazy cool shit like that. Uh, it came out with a sequel just a couple years later in 2009 and yeah, it's just a great series all around. The first Mario game to be released on non-Nintendo hardware was Super Mario Run, released in 2017. And it was basically like your typical like running game. Yeah. Um, what was it released on? Uh, like iPhones and Android. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was so readily accessible to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I pretty sure you can download it still. Um, it came out in 2017, so it's yeah. I think it's still still around. I mean, I yeah. played it for a, a bit. It was all right. I, I mean, it was it was kind of fun. You know, it's, it's just it's just like a typical mobile game. You know, there's not really a ton to it. You just you know, you just kind of do. You run and you it, jump, and yep. that's it. Yeah. But I guess that's all Mario games. So, moving on to sort of the uh, the films, uh, which is, you know, interesting. Uh, We've got some controversy coming up in the. We do, yeah. Uh, but but first, yes, we have to go back to the '90s. Taking it back, the original Super Mario Bros. film came out in 1993, featuring Bob Hoskins as Mario and John Le- John, <laughs> John Leguizamo <laughs> as Luigi. And what another thing that I thought was interesting is that this was actually the first live action movie adaptation of a video game. Oh, fun! Yeah, which I think I knew, but I like forgot. You didn't like, <laughs> but no, like no. right, right? You yeah. didn't know. Yeah, you're just kind of like, yeah, you just kind of think. Yeah, or maybe you heard it in passing. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then coming up, what we got is a animated film of Mario that we haven't seen for a little while uh, with. Chris Pratt. Have we? Have there been other movies since other Mario movies since? Not like main main mainline Mario films. Really, there've been like little tiny things here and there. But like this is like that like Mario makes an appearance in, but no like Mario movie. Like it might be a Mario movie. I think there were like a couple of like quote unquote movies, but they're like. They're like the Barbie movies that you see oh. come out. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like Little Mermaid three. No one watched Whoa. that. It just yeah. came out. <laughs> yeah, they did it for the children. Right, and exactly. Even then, it wasn't right. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. straight to DVD. Yep, movies. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so the 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 movie that's coming out has Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario. <laughs> it has Charlie Day as the voice of Luigi, and it has Anya Taylor Joy the voice of Peach and Seth Rogen as the voice of Bowser. Ooh. Personally, what I feel that they're trying to do with this movie does not make sense for a Mario movie. So I'm confused. But who knows? How so? I'm, well, I, because, okay. You, you, you Let's look, get you, into it, you Bradley. You look at the cast. Let's you get look into at the it. cast. 
You got yeah. Chris Pratt, which A-lister. is already like something. What? What? Not Mario. Yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Charlie Day, who's already not Luigi. <laughs> Although I feel like you could have an interest. Like I could see it. I could see Charlie Day having a very interesting take I on could see Luigi. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anya Taylor Joy as the voice of Peach. I could see that. See that? Yeah. Seth Rogen as Bowser. I it could. I mean, are they just trying to make this like the co- like the comedy film of the century? Like, right? It's like yeah. they're trying to make like a comedy comedy film with like all these comedic actors and everything else in a Mario movie and it's just like why are we trying to make a movie like this like it's like we're trying to make Wreck-It Ralph kind of but but this time with Mario, Mario. and it, yep. that that doesn't fit Mario you know what I mean like no one no one wants that well maybe I shouldn't say that I, some people clearly want it but not <laughs> us <laughs> I, I don't want that yeah I don't, I well, don't want that I don't, I don't need that like like a Mario movie has to be like a little bit funny. It's a video game movie, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's it's Mario. There's not really a lot of substance there, so you need something to carry the film, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I don't know. Maybe it'll be great. Yeah. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, and it'll be fantastic. Um, and they've been able to like successfully make well, we'll we'll have to see the Sonic movie that comes out, and yeah, we'll report back. But the first Sonic movie was actually not bad. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it okay. I mean, it was exactly what you expected it to be. Yeah. And that was fine. However, though, the the one saving grace of, of this movie might be that uh, Charles Martinet is involved. Oh? And will have cameo roles in the film. But not as Mario. Not as Mario. He will not be playing Mario. I'm upset. Yeah, I don't understand that choice. Like, if if he's, you're, you've already booked him. He's in your movie. Just make him. Just make him Mario. Mario. Everyone wants to hear the Mario voice we all know and love already. Yeah. No one wants to hear Chris Pratt, who voices everybody for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what is what is Chris Pratt gonna do with the voice? Like. I don't know. All that I've heard, because I read an article about it, is that. The director says that Chris Pratt has a really great Mario voice, and I think people are actually going to really love it. And I'm not sold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I am a little worried. I, I did see something very funny. That this is going to be kind of hard to explain, so I'll try to do it briefly. But there's a video on Barstool of some kid trying to like pretend to be Tony Soprano. Okay. <laughs> and they took like and all he's saying is like give me the gabagool like that kind of thing right? yeah he's yeah. just practicing like one-off lines okay yeah yeah I've seen um those. yeah so somebody like when it was first announced that chris pratt was going to be the voice of mario they released like <laughs> it was just a video oh yeah of, i've like, seen a this picture yeah, yeah. of chris pratt and Mario, and then it was the audio from this kid <laughs> doing the voice <laughs> of Tony Soprano. It's as like if a really like, shitty Italian accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that has tainted my <laughs> my uh, impression of what might happen with Chris Pratt being the voice of Mario. <laughs> yeah. So if there's any resemblance to a poor man's Tony Soprano, um, we're gonna it's it's gonna be a fail in my book. I don't yeah. know. He's got some high standards, Chris Pratt. Don't let us down. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Super Mario. That's so fun. That been is... around for almost 30, 30 years. Uh, yeah. Wild. No, 
It has been around for 30 years. Yeah. Because it came out in 81 originally. Well, yeah. 83, I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, so wait. Now we're going on 40 years. I'm doing, my, I'm doing terrible math. No. 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 Yeah. In another year, it will be 40. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> okay. Yes. What's your topic, Michelle? I have one more funny thing about Mario. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sometimes when I really need to focus, I get the underground theme stuck in my head. <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> and I've been known to like pull up a YouTube video of like a ten hour <laughs> and just, just listen the to the, the Mario theme. music. Yeah. Mar- that is one thing too. Mario Mario games have a fantastic oh, recognizable, do. memorable soundtrack. Oh they do, yeah. Like just classic video game soundtrack. Yes. Mm, so good. good. Good shit. Yes. Anyway, that's my my fun thing about Mario. It, it's been very relevant lately with me needing to focus. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my topic is the origin and evolution of the word geek. Okay. Yes. So we watched Nightmare Alley. Yeah. And I. I mean, maybe this is common knowledge. I don't know, but it wasn't knowledge that I had before. But if you're unfamiliar with the movie, go watch it. It's nominated for Academy Awards this year. Anyway, it takes place around a carnival, and there is what is called a geek, which is somebody who bites the heads off animals as a show at mm-hmm. this carnival. That was a real thing. That was called a geek, and that was genuinely a thing in the early 1900s carnival scene. So that's all all the act was, was biting heads off of animals? I mean, essentially. Like, all right. Like live animals. It, it was specifically chickens and snakes more often. Oh. Um, yeah. I feel like that would be pretty difficult to bite the head off a snake. Yeah. But... I rewatched the movie. I don't know if you noticed this in the in the first scene with the geek. There were snakes in the pit. Oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed that the second time I watched it. it was, anyway, this also is not spoilers because this is the first maybe ten minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there were snakes in there too, and I think that that was a deliberate choice. But yeah, yeah specifically, geeks would in, in the carnival setting would either bite the heads off of chickens or snakes. A lot of the connotations that were displayed... It, so I started this journey and I chose this topic because I wanted to know how le- like how legit was that circumstance right. in, in the movie. Like how much of that is like based in truth. And yeah, all of it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Pretty right. much. Yeah, like that um, geeks were more often than not like alcoholics or drug addicts or something like that so i was very curious as to whether or not the term geek associated with carnival workers that bite the heads off of live animals and the term geek that we use today to say like oh my god i'm such a sherlock holmes geek 
um, which kind of has a more po- like a significantly more positive connotation. I wondered if those were connected at all. Yeah, and they are. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, they. I feel like th- that. That's only gotten a more positive connotation within the last few years, I mean, like last yeah. ten years, because even like the early two thousands, like they were geek was still considered to be like kind of a derogatory like you're you're a nerd like you're right. you're an unpopular kid that no one likes <laughs> yes but even in that context geek was kind of associated with someone who was kind of like smart mm-hmm. right so how do we get from but it was like but it was a way to like belittle someone who was smart. yes it yeah. was an insult yeah. But it did refer to somebody who was smart as yeah. opposed to right, 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 like right, right. geek in the carnival setting. Like there was no usable trait or skill or ability that that person right, had right, to right. offer. Like they were essentially like what everyone deemed to be like a waste of human existence, mm-hmm. which was really unfortunate. And their addictions were used against them and it was not a good situation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was really interested in kind of the origin and evolution of the word geek and how we got to where we are now because it's a lot less intense (laughs) than it used to be yeah um yeah so geek is thought to have originated in like the early 1500s uh from english german and dutch words uh gek g-e-k which meant fool or crazy um so it was still a very negative term referring to people yeah. uh, even back then. Then it was seen in the 18th century in Austria as Gekken, so G-E-C-K-E-N, referring to freaks and circuses. And then again in 19th century North America, i.e. Nightmare Alley, and someone is, is specifically someone who does this act of biting the heads off animals. So that's kind of how it originated, to, yeah. like, got specified to this particular act of circuses and animals. <laughs> yeah. Um, and typically, also, like, if you were involved in carnivals, if you were a carny, I guess, it was, you were involved in a higher class carnival troupe if your carnival didn't have a geek. You were considered to be higher class if you didn't have a geek? Right, because the geeks were considered, like, they were known to be alcoholics. They were known to be these, like, very bottom-of-the-barrel human beings, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was like you had, like, if you had a successful carnival without having to have a geek, you had a better carnival. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, because in in Nightmare Alley, like, one of the things about the geek is that they actually, like lock him up like he's an animal right and don't let him out um is that is that like an actual like practice of how they would treat their geeks or like how the geek was like kept or was the geek kind of like with everybody else kind of sleeping in the tents and was just kind of a little bit crazier (laughs) that'd be dangerous (laughs) (laughs) um i i didn't find out that specific information but yeah that is something that i am curious to know if if they did actually like treat them like yeah an animal um in that sense but yeah that that was something i thought about when um when i found that fact about like people were more proud to be a carny if they didn't have a geek in their show anyway so the term geek 
essentially referred to someone so socially undesirable who lacked any other kinds of skills and abilities that they made a shocking display for somebody else to profit off of. That That's the carny geek, yeah. right? Then, toward the late 20th century, it still retained the meaning of being of undesirable social traits. So really, geek starts to focus on the social traits in its reference okay. and, and being derogatory. So it's still an insult, but it wasn't specifically about people biting the heads off chickens. Right. Right. It's just like, ooh, you're socially undesirable. <laughs> right. Right. And and then that kind of, like, still to this day, geek can be used in a derogative term, like, way, in a more vague sense of, like, you have... Because, like, geeks in the negative connotation today are, like, not like socially awkward or like yeah that kind of thing so that that still kind of remains in right the definitions of the word geek but where it started to mean kind of smart from what i could find was in 1957 which is kind of weird because it was in the middle of the 20th century there jack kerouac has a quote describing a geek as an overly diligent, unsociable student, any unsociable person obsessively devoted to a particular pursuit. Okay. So that kind of starts the right. brainiac part of it. Or that's like the first reference to the smart side of it, which is weird how that turn of phrase can go from being like alcoholic to <laughs> right like smart in 50 years yeah but <laughs> i guess it happened um all about the culture yes exactly mm -hmm. and then it was only perpetuated between 1990 and, and 2000 with the dawn of the computer and then you have all of these people who right. get really good at computers <laughs> And then they're computer geeks, mm -hmm. right? And they're really, really smart, but again, maybe not as social in right. a way that most people might think is socially adept. <laughs> yeah. Right? And and this is when it also started to be kind of used as a compliment. For example, Bill Gates was referred to as the ultimate geek multiple times, and it was thought of as positive. So over the course of 100 years, we've got quite the transition in one phrase. <laughs> but yeah, that, like, then as we continue into the 21st century, we've got geeks starting to mean more of, like, have more of a community-oriented implication. So, you know, if you are a Harry Potter geek, right, that yeah. associates you with, like, there's this sense of community with everybody else who likes Harry Potter and right, is right. really into that. And so mm. as it starts to have that more positive connotation, then it also has more sense of community as well. So that's kind of how it evolved to where we have it now. That's interesting. It's really interesting, yeah. That's kind of, like, just interesting in, like, even a broader scale of just thinking about language and how those kinds of things evolve yeah to like see that like 
because it's like it's a process it's like a step-by-step thing you know like it doesn't just go from me having one meaning to the other meaning overnight but like it's just like you know gradually you like you know people start to compare people that they think are like inept socially to Mm -hmm. the crazy people at the carnival it's like dude you're just like a geek right now like you're you're such right. a geek um, <laughs> yeah even though it's not technically accurate <laughs> they yeah. just start using it in that way and then that starts to spread and they're like oh yeah that's a good that's a good like insult or like, yeah a good exactly. way to like whatever yeah, yeah. and it, it is interesting too with this particular word how it went from a kind of vague sense from being like referencing someone who's like a fool or crazy or something like that mm-hmm. to something so specific as a specific act in a carnival and then back out to being right more vague and yeah like capture more like more people can be considered a geek now right <laughs> it's a more inclusive insult <laughs> oh good <laughs> great just what we needed <laughs> you know like it, it is interesting to see how it like mm-hmm. specified itself and then and then broadened back out again and then became kind of positive which is weird and and it is also interesting i read a little bit about how like part of how the word has transitioned into being positive is very much in that like taking an insult and owning it so that you can flip it into a good thing yeah you know it's like oh someone wants to call you a geek like yeah you know what i am and then right making it something you're proud of and now it's more of a positive word yeah yeah, so that's that's part of it as well, but it's also like if you look at things like Best Buy, you know, and they have the Geek Squad. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> you know, that's such a and that go ties back into like the the dawn of the computers and how people who are really good at computer information and figuring out technology. <laughs> you know, how they were some of the first quote unquote geeks in a tech like smart technological sense. And then you're making that a good thing. So it's like, oh, the geek squad is admired for their smartness. Like, right. If you have an issue, who are you going to call? The geek squad. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you have a ghost in your computer, Auto Nation. <laughs> yes. And anybody but the geek squad, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want Well, them. maybe when the Geek Squad comes up with a catchy theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, but geek, man. Yeah. Today, the more or less positive, quirky, fun sense that we have kind of has some dark... I mean, th- the term geek used to be like my first Snapchat handle was Theater Geek. Yeah. <laughs> Which now looking back on that is very dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interpreted a little differently back in right <laughs> early 20th century. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's not my Snapchat handle anymore. I don't use that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you have made our listeners uh, geek geeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's also interesting, so I also looked up the term, um, like, like the verb usage of geek. So, like, to geek out, like, oh, my God, I... Like when spit flies out of your mouth? <laughs> That's gleeking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. 
<laughs> um no so so like to geek out on something or um like in general like the verb usage so that also kind of changed over the course of geek changing the word geek sounds very incorrect now that i'm saying it over and over yeah. and over again yeah yeah it doesn't sound real no but back in 1934ish it meant to give up to back down or to lose one's nerve oh so to geek it would be how i kind of interpreted that and this is not something that i was able to find a lot of backing on but how i kind of interpreted that in association with geek the carnival act is like you've given up right your life and yeah now you now you bite heads, heads off, off of animals. chickens yeah um so that's kind of how i interpreted that one because i was like wait what <laughs> but then flash forward to 1992 it was starting to to change into to mean like to behave like a geek and that's also when it started to transition into being more about someone who's smart but socially awkward so if you're behaving like a geek then you're geeky yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then um then it has continued to involve evolve into um, meaning like to become emotionally excited about something. So it's like, oh my God, I'm totally geeking out about this, the 20th twentieth year reunion of Harry Potter on right, HBO. Right. Like I'm emotionally excited about that. Or like, I mean, it still kind of means to, to behave like a geek, but now that the definition of geek has expanded. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's not where it originated. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of follows the definition of whatever geek is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was very interested in why, like in the term geek out, because it's like, oh, <laughs> and how that <laughs> kind of pertained to the carnival act as well. Yeah. Um, Because like, oh, like, does that mean like act out in a fit of rage and bite a chicken's head off? <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow, that man totally geeked out over there. <laughs> like, it's is that like... is that Dave geeking out in the corner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you get the chicken from? <laughs> right. It's it's almost like a weird version of like Hulk out. Yeah. Right. You know. <laughs> um, which I mean, in a way, it kind of is because it does have that. It, it did have that definition of like to lose one's nerve. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. To go nuts. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess so. So, that's the evolution of the word geek. Wow, we geeked out on Mario today. (laughs) Beautiful. We had a theme today. We did, unintentionally. (laughs) Geekiness. (laughs) When are we not geeky, though? (laughs) Like... Just the way you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, in a a good way? Yeah. Where can they find us, Michelle? Where can they find us? They can find us everywhere. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. (laughs) I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can uh, find us. If you would like to reach out to us in any way, shape, or form, please reach out to us on all of the social medias or the social media of your choice. If you're going to reach out to us, reach out to us on everything. (laughs) Don't pick one. Pick all of them. (laughs) (laughs) If you struggle with making decisions, just pick all of them. Send a tweet. Post a post. Send an email. Yeah. Send up a smoke signal. 
Ooh, smoke signals. Except don't do that because I don't want to catch the forest on fire again. Right. Um, again. <laughs> ha- have you specifically caught no, the forest on fire? <laughs> no, I've not done that. But I've been privy to too many fires. So anyway, um, so you can catch us on all of the social medias if you'd like to email us, if that's your preferred method of social, uh, virtual social interaction. Whoa. Um <laughs> please email us at forkpodcast at gmail.com. That is fork, the utensil that you eat with sometimes, and podcast what you're listening to at gmail, the email provider.com. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song, Happy Boy End Theme. Another thing that I geek out on, I hate this, but I (laughs) I love Kevin McLeod. I like... (laughs) For the sake of the episode, I'll say it, but I ugh, I don't like it. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Keep being awesome. Well, gang, I hope you forked today. Forked today. <laughs> hope you were able to geek out on something. Yes. That we talked about. Yeah. We're just having a grand old fork time here. A fork. Grand old forkin' time. Mm-hmm. Fork. <laughs>